Welcome to What the Fuck If. <sighs> Alright y'all, so this is the Carefree Black Nerd review over the What If Marvel and Disney series. We're in season two. And let me just say right here, I had every intention on this big blue marble to go episode by episode. I made it to episode five. The what if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stumper. Then I went and watched episode six, which is what if uh, Kahari reshaped the world. Now, I planned on sitting down and recording. But when I tell you those last four episodes, we're just gonna get into them all right as one collective episode so we're going with what if um six which is what if kahari reshaped the world i know i'm saying her name wrong and we're going to episode seven what if hella found the ten rings and we're going to episode eight what if the avengers assembled in 1602 and lastly episode nine what if strange supreme intervened Kahari, I didn't do any research. I think that this is the brand new character. If I'm wrong, let me know. I'm fine with being wrong there. This woman is a badass mother. Shut your mouth. So what I like about that particular episode is that we have traveled through time. We're, we're going. We're doing things with some intention. Uh, Ryan Little is the writer of that episode. That's the only episode that I checked for the creative team. And there is a Mohawk Indian um, tribe. And we open up with them. I don't want to say doing a ritual, but it almost looked like they're, they're doing some or preparing for something indoors. Kahari and I'm assuming her little brother or like a good little friend. I think a little brother. Um... I run through the woods. She's older than him. I would put her at 20 and put him at like 13. They're running up these hills, going through the woods and all this good stuff. They've come across this, um, what do you call it? This cursed land where this battlefield happened. These bones and remains of other previous soldiers who have fought. And it gets messy. So in short, we discovered that there is a lake is a, a lake, I guess where the war happened. And so the little boy is like, mm, this ain't, this is a pond. This ain't no lake. And Kahari is like, all right, yeah, I guess so. They go back home to see that there has been the Spanish or Portuguese, the Spanish have taken over. It's very much some Pocahontas, John Smith type shit. Um, Christopher Columbus type shit, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Christopher Columbus made a, well, I don't know, this one motherfucker who kind of looked like, whatever, I don't care. So, they go back, uh, get snatched up, they run away, because they see that the whole village is taken over, it's on fire, folks with, with guns um, are trying to take over. They get away, they run up the same uh, place that they did before, through the woods and over the hills and stuff, but they fall through the ground, and then they discover the actual river this very blue river which is essentially the tesseract so the tesseract odin um did not give it away for hot for safekeeping he actually the ragnarok happened and then it whatever a big fight whatever and it got away and it landed here and so i'm thinking because this 
part of the story deals with Hela and Odin. Helen is older than Hela is older than Thor, and these motherfuckers live for centuries, eons, decades, all that. So I'm thinking this is you know around the beginning of the world or Earth, Earth Lord, uh, <laughs> the U.S. So all this happens. She falls through. Uh, ends up in this sky world where all these other Mohawk folks are like imbued with the power. They're like, first of all, it's cool. The whole style, the whole depiction of the power set, like this is cool as fuck. This is what I have been waiting for. This is what I want to see. This is what I want to see. Yeah, this, this is it. And I know I enjoyed all the other episodes, but this one in particular made me want to stay. I want to know more. Spoiler alert, we do get more. But I want to exist in this world with Kahari. And, like, it, it, it felt like Neo from The Matrix. Of course, of course it's a chosen one story. Um, it, like, the way they positioned her in her story, I was afraid that they were going to make it seem like she was crazy or she was the bad person because... With her and we're just going to say her little brother because I think that's who it was. With her and her little brother trying to escape Dean's, um, the Spanish with their guns. The little brother gets captured. She gets away. She gets shot in the shoulder, falls into the river. The river sucks her into this sort of afterlife where everyone else who fought in that war before who fell through the water, they ended up there. And so there is almost like, think of like Wakanda, um, but with indigenous uh people and they are uh taking care of the land they like so it looks just like what you would imagine an um indian uh native indigenous uh space to look like with their homes and, and taking care of the land and eating and hunting and all that but it's like it's almost like where wakanda is afrofuturism what is the what is that there's another it's not opposite but it's a similar oh, is it genre. It's like it's not steampunk, not cyberpunk. It's oh fuck, I I cannot remember the name. If I can think of it, I'm going to put it in the show notes. But it is a particular type of living where it is a lot of the um, Studio Ghibli house moving castle types. Like they they live in that space where it's like it's futuristic, but it's very much of the earth where the earth and the inhabitants are like sharing in that space together. And that's what it felt like. So think of that, but like with a Wakandan aesthetic on it. And so she gets there, she's trying to get back home. Now where she's from, she fell through the water, which gravity brought her down into this new space. But the portal in this new space is actually in the sky. And she spends some time trying to get back through the portal. Cause she's like, I need to save my brother. I'm gonna just say that's her brother and her people. And everybody's like, well, why are you trying to leave? It's paradise here. Uh, we, we eat good. We don't age. We won't die. This and that. And she's like, man, this is a prison. This, it may be paradise, but it's still a prison. And that I felt that they go on this hunt where they're essentially hunting, I'm going to say elephants, like a version of an elephant or a mammoth, but on its back, it has these fruits, but they're like crystal gems and it becomes a whole thing. And, uh, dang, and I forget the young man's name who 
is pretty much like her guide throughout this whole process and he's helping out and having fun with her and their accent they speak in uh what the caption said is mohawk of course i don't know the language so i don't know how accurate this is i would imagine so of course there's captions in english but oh the 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 language is beautiful and so um her powers that she got from being in that world like everyone else has were like super amplified where she was running at ex increasingly high speeds it almost feels like makari from the eternals which i'm gonna say right now these are my two favorite speedsters um makari and kahari they mm, them them sisters did it so she runs and can't really control herself and so uh to avoid herself from running into like a mountain she kind of curves to the right and she gets in front of these mammoth when homeboy who's kind of helping her along the way he told her hey uh and it wasn't a, a threat it was just like you you want to jump on their backs and pull the fruit from their backs you don't want to get in front of them because they'll run you over man this mammoth almost stumped on her her powers kicked in she flipped that motherfucker over on his head and by doing so she extracted so many fruits from his back where everybody else had like one or two there was one home girl who had like 12 bruh the dude who was helping her out he's taking stock of everybody's fruit and he was like yeah where's kahari and he was like oh i don't know she pops up this motherfucker she got like a good 150 300 just floating in the sky i'm like bruh and so the visuals were so beautiful and i didn't mention it in this series but i mentioned it in a uh previous episode of um carefree black nerd that it took the marvels for me to really get excited about comic book movies again and this for the, the what if season two is good all the way around but this episode in particular really lit a fire under me this is like this is what you can do this is what is possible and if i'm not mistaken i think Ari is a new is a brand new character because i ain't never heard nobody talk about her before but i it, it's like when you when i look at it i see this is what we could have with the mutants this is what's possible when you actually do something and you don't just give us the same thing over and over again like it was it was a funny episode it had a lot of um a it had a lot of adventure it was a lot of heart um it it it, it was a lot and it was really good and so we do, 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 do. she and actually she is a new she is a um new superhero created and that's what i was looking for uh kahari and the the guy who was helping her out i'm going to say his name wrong at at cross at rocks they are the first two original superheroes created for the mcu who weren't originally introduced in the comics okay that's what i thought very good um but it, it gives you a glimpse into what we could have with some of the characters who we don't have yet and even aside from that like I, you know mutants is my thing so even with that aside I'm thinking this is how you create a new character. You ain't trying to change an existing character, which I don't have a problem with that inherently, but you gave us somebody new, fun, interesting, solid backstory who is doing her fucking thing. Now, I'm sure there's going to be people who hate her, whatever. 
I, that's not where my, my attention is. Just know that I am standing this woman. So when she comes back and has all these gems and stuff, and then they go and have this little, um, like celebration, this bonfire celebration. Everyone's kind of dancing around the fire. And first of all, they was getting sturdy. They was juking. They was they was moving. They, they that footwork. These motherfucking mohawk got down footwork. So they're doing all this, and we go back to uh, the regular universe where we see that the what was that man's name? I don't know. Whatever the colonizer, he pointing a gun in this woman's face. Tomorrow, show me where the the fountain of youth is. Where it's at, and he pull the trigger. He cocking the gun back and stuff. She ain't flinched not once. Um, and then some of the guys who are colonizers were sent off towards the river. And oh no, I'm sorry. Let me walk that back. So while he got the gun in her face. Two of the colonizers who was chasing uh, Kahari and her brother come back with the brother like, hey, we found it. So everybody go. They get sucked into the water. Homeboy, main colonizer getting pissed off. He's like, where are my people? Y'all get out of here. We got to get them back and whatever else. So they show up and they shooting guns. Kahari do this Neo move where she stop all the bullets. She saved everybody in the in the community, and then she pulls the portal from the sky and puts it on the ground. Now, before she does that, she got all of the colonizers on the ground using like the tree branches and grass and shit to like staple them to the ground. Now, when she's doing this, I'm like, all right, yeah, snap they motherfucking necks, whoop they ass. Then I'm like, oh, this Marvel, they may not let her kill them, whatever. Homeboy, who name I can't say right at. At mm, at the rocks, I'm I'm gonna call him Addy. We're gonna say Addy. I'm going for it. So Addy's like, no, Corey, stop. You know, wait. And and so I, this one, I I was a little tight. I was a little pissed off because my thing is, these motherfuckers did her wrong. But then I'm also like, I don't know if this is something that culturally is what happens with the mohawk or with indigenous like i don't i didn't know what was coming next i know what i would do but i said let me just trust the show and so he's telling her like hey kari like the earth wants like nature wants to help you but like is this the way and she pin them niggas down and she get to talk she like look they fucking over my people. Y'all been here so long. You and she, first of all, she read everybody the motherfucking film. She like, who coming with me? Cause I'm going back to to take care of all these motherfucking colonizers. Everybody standing there, they all quiet. She like, y'all in here in this paradise. You be, you've been gone too long from the real world. You don't know how it is. I'm not about to sit here and let my folks go down because y'all got this soft ass life you're trying to lead. Fuck that. And she said something. I oh, I wish I had a, wrote that down, but it was something like. If you are, and I'm, 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 this is not verbatim, but it was something like, if you are worthy of this paradise, then you will follow me. Pretty much saying, if you motherfuckers ain't gonna fight for what you know is right, then you're not even worth, you don't deserve this paradise that you have found yourself in. I was like, God damn, she was just dropping shit left and right. And she gave me the feeling that I think we should have had from Wanda and multiverse of madness like yeah wanda was doing some shit she was you know i ain't gonna say she ain't i'm a wanda fan but kahari i make kahari stand let it be known i was live tweeting through some of this i am a stand 
she can do no wrong in my eyes. So tr right now, you listen to everyone in the sound of my voice. I am a stan. So she go back out there. By this time, all of her people are being like chained up and thrown on boats to paddle back out to the main ships that came over for the colonizers to get this fountain of youth. Which, how do they even know about? Whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Um, she pop up and she move in with the speed of light. She in the wood, so it's like wooded area, then beach area, then water, and then like I say, maybe a mile or two out. And then there's the boats, because you know the boats can't come up to the shore like that. There's nowhere to dock. So the main nigga, the main uh motherfucking colonizer dudes, like he see her. He see her glowing. He like, she a witch. Shoot her. They start shooting. She do her little trick again. Stop all their bullets. She start whooping ass. She beating the fuck out of these motherfuckers. She, oh my God, that shit was so, it was so satisfying. And that's one thing I'll say for season two, every fucking episode has some damn good fights. And it wasn't just, oh, these are the heroes, so they have to win. No, Kahari was getting her ass beat. Peggy was getting her ass beat. Nebula was getting her ass beat. Like, the people was getting their ass beat, and they was getting up and shaking that shit off and whooping ass, too. And I I will say, if nothing else, season two has some wonderful fights. So she out here whooping their ass. Then the head dude talking about shoot the cannons. They shooting cannons. She's still holding that shit back. Then all of a sudden, one, one cannon got through, whopped her in her motherfucking head. I thought she was done for. Man... Homeboy get on top of her, start trying to whoop her ass. Then they look up and in the woods, in my mind, I was like, all right, they're going to have, you know, um, Addy. He popping up and, you know, a couple other folks. No, baby. They had the entire fucking ancestral nation with their eyes blue. And that's all you could see in the woods was all these pairs of eyes. They came out whooping fucking ass and i mean whooping ass cracking back snapping necks impaling off they was whooping ass. then we got on the the because it was essentially a slave ship we got on the slave ship and kahari go in she bust through the door she um looking for her little brother he yelling her name she opened that shit up and give him his uh his necklace so i don't know if there's a uh, specific name for it but it was a necklace that he was wearing that the colonizer ripped off his neck when she saw that shit on the motherfuckers that fell into the special sky place she ripped that shit off his neck and went the fuck ballistic i'm like bro this is what the fuck i'm talking about this is what i need so she give it back to him, and then she, like, gives him this, like, lesson. She's like, look at this, and everything is not going in slow motion, but it's like she, her voice is in the forefront, and you can see all the action. She's like, hey, hey, little motherfucker. She's like, look, take in what you're seeing. Examine those faces. These are our people. These are our ancestors. What they're doing here is so important. I was like, God damn, Ryan Little. I, I need to look him up and see who the hell he is. Cause like he, he ate this episode was fucking amazing. So they whooping ass, they taking names, they doing all that shit. Then they win, of course, the uh, Mohawk. Then we get some queen, I don't know, some Spanish queen, she hollering and screaming, and so this is what the dude who I think is Christopher Columbus, or Christopher Columbus, or Jason pops up, and he's like, um, he he's kneeled down at her, he's like, hey man, we ain't heard from them in, in weeks or months or whatever, the ships is gone, blah, whatever, you gotta, you gotta face the fact that uh, your folks is, is done for, 
her old Joffrey from Game of Thrones ass hollering and screaming about, no, I'm ordained by God. Can't nobody fuck with me. Them, nah, who the fuck is strong enough to take my motherfucking folks? Then this portal open up and I, ooh, the squad pop out. Kahari is like, hey, look. And this was so fucking interesting. So she pops up with her crew. They walk through the portal. She like, hey. We ain't even here for all that. The queen sent all her men to go fight them. Kahari takes all their weapons, their axes and shit, nail them to the ceiling. And the queen like, I ain't scared of your magic. Fuck you, could. What the fuck you want to do? Man, Kahari's like, look, we ain't here for all that. We here for peace. We here for peace. You've been sending your folks after us. You don't own us. You don't own this earth. And we don't own the earth either. We here for peace. Let's fucking be peaceful. And the funny thing about this is they present her with this blanket i'm sure there's a name for it but i don't know it if you know it let me know but they presented with this like green blanket and i was thinking ain't this what them damn colonizers did to the natives with them damn smallpox infected blankets but i'm sure that that was intentional like that imagery and she wasn't trying to hear none of that though she was like fuck all that god told me <laughs> god told me i could rule this motherfucker i'm ordained by god man uh kahari snatched that motherfucker up she's like your magic don't scare me she froze her in the air took her throne and crashed that shit and uh then this motherfucker steven strange pop up talking about uh ha 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 peace yeah it's so interesting i've been looking for you kahari mm. bitch ass motherfucker so at the end uh, we move on to the Peggy. Which one was it? Uh, we move on to. Oh, what if Hella uh, found the Ten Rings? And that, let me tell you, Kari's still my favorite. I ain't go, we, There's no. We do not have to ask who what's the favorite kahari's episode episode six was my absolute favorite coming in at a very 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 close second is the episode nine and that's simply because of everything that happened like that's the big climactic episode but we get the hella and what i like about this series is that we are getting stories just like a what if story a comic it's a one-off offshoot whatever but they've seamlessly tied together this episode season two in a way that i think is so smart and again it makes me excited for comics and comic book movies and stuff again because even though there were some things that i know i missed from season one because i have not revisited and i stopped watching it before the season ended it still was done in a way that made sense you still understood the stakes like when there was stuff that happened that i wasn't 100 percent aware of it still was presented in a way that I know that this is important and it's not like let's say three things happen and I don't know any of them it's not like oh these three things happen she got in a car and she went to see John and then she went to the store where her going to the store is like this main thing because in season one she was so scared of going to the store like it wasn't just a a thing that happened came and went. It's like they made sure you knew that yeah, her getting in the car and her going to see John, that's something that just happened. But her getting to the store, that was some shit that you never would have expected from season one. So I think they did a really good job with getting the season together, tying them in together, and um, and, and kind of getting you caught up where you don't have to watch uh, season one if you don't want to. Hella is very charming. And most villains are, but her dealing with, again, fish out of water in a community, in a space where you are the outsider, 
it was funny. You had the, the comedic moments, but it was a, a very interesting story. The only critique I really have with Hella's story, and it's not even really a critique, but kind of, is that it happened so fast. But I know that's the case because we only have 22 minutes. But I could see her story, the, the whole arc that she went through, being drawn out for a whole hour and 60 hour and 60 minute hour and 40 minute to two hour movie where she has a fall from grace she finds herself in a situation that is unfamiliar uh kind of bucking back fighting with the system ultimately figuring out why she's so broken i use that loosely so broken or having all these stressors confronting her traumatic past becoming better and applying those lessons and coming out on the other end with a full arc where she's now a better person and i i enjoyed that i truly enjoyed it now what made me a little nervous is that she i don't i don't think it was like white savior but it was like she here with all these asian folks where's they story but you know i'm it's I'm going to overlook that only because it's a full shared universe where a lot of stuff is happening and there are a bunch of crossovers, but I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. But then again, I didn't finish season one, so there may have been a story in there that I'm not aware of where it's not just all these magical brown people helping this white woman uh, understand her goals and, and past traumas, but I'm going I'm to leave that where it is. Someone correct me if there was a story before or, you know, whatever. But I was like, mm, okay, hella. They, you didn't have to bring in these Asian folks into your family drama. But I did like seeing her in the Ten Rings, uh, fighting out her learning. Um, it, oh, that's one thing that homegirl said when she went to, uh, what the fuck is that place? Behind them, that bamboo forest in um, Shang-Chi. Um, I forget the place, but she talked to homegirl. She was like, man, we not teach you how to fight. You know how to fight. We need to work on your mind and get it open and have you understand how to move. And once they got to her traumatic childhood, I was like, damn, this fucked up. It felt a lot like the childhood that Sylvie had. In Loki season one, when she revealed her past, that's what it kind of felt like to me. And seeing her come to t grapple with that realization, because homegirl who was training her was like, "Okay, what do you want? I want to uh, get the ten rings. Why? So I could defeat my dad. Okay, and then what? So we can conquer the universe. And then what? She said, "And when you done conquering the fucking universe, what's next? What is it all for?" And ultimately, it was control. It was control over her relationship with control because she was bred to be this weapon that's another thing that kind of pissed me off with odin and i was like i don't know if this is just supposed to be him being a shitty person or if he is just written poorly but like she said she being hella you trained me to be a weapon and now that you no longer want to take over the world my or the universe and planets and all that my job my only purpose is to be this weapon what am i without that you did this to me which he did and, and he threw her away sent her back to earth like he did thor and she got on this little redemption arc and she made it through and he kind of cursed her her helmet and was like only let a motherfucker who 
has compassion where this or some shit. So it was like Thor's hammer. And when she put that motherfucker on, she had that shit on. on. She put that shit on. And she and homeboy Ten Rings helped defeat her daddy. She took his staff. She put on her little helmet. And her suit was all white. And I was like, damn, this is a good look. And I like this. I like this for her. I don't know if that would last or if that would even translate in the MCU live action. But she did it. And they did it. And that was a, a damn good episode. And she ultimately spent her time trying to fix what her and her daddy fucked up throughout the entire um, time that she was alive. And I, that was it was just dope. It was dope. And then the next episodes after that was um, Avengers Assembled in, in 1602. And what if Strange Supreme intervened? And that's pretty much a continuation from the... Um, Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stumper where to put it plainly Peggy Carter finds herself in 1602 the Avengers are there spread out in different tropes uh, characters whatnot and Hela gets swiped up in this damn rip in the universe and in my mind i'm thinking they're doing this maybe not specifically to get the mutants into the mcu but they're doing this and they're priming the audience enough that if you've seen the marvels and you see this and if you've also read secret wars you know that there's a convergence where these time these universes converge on each other miles morales was from another universe he's not originally from 616 and he was able to stay and pretty much uh comic book creators were able to just like keep the folks they wanted and get rid of everybody else which is not necessarily a bad thing but that's what i think they're getting us ready for so hella gets sucked into that portal when peggy was brought into 1602 it was to help stop this fracture in the universe and when she did not save hella thor became king and he got pissed off sent her on this on the run where she was pretty much the fugitive like the movie, she run into Steve and his, he's pretty much Robin Hood, Steve Rogers and his band of merry men. And what I liked about these last, well, the whole season, but these last couple of episodes is that it felt like, and y'all forgive me if I'm being dramatic, it felt like a love letter to Marvel fans. So at one point, we get, we get hella gone, we get everybody going after, um, Peggy and then we also get Happy Hogan who is also that Purple Hulk in this episode so I think going forward that's going to be his new distinction is Purple Hulk character but we get that and Peggy and Steve for actually the whole series have pretty much been trying to be together we've been bumping heads with their past and their present and also them being time displaced and Steve was like, oh, my God, you know, my Margaret, who I, she died years ago, five years ago. Is this a, is this some sort of ghost or a trick? And ultimately, we find out throughout this big battle and all this shit that happens, because we're looking for the one person who was time displaced first, because they're the reason that the rips in the universe is happening. And that person turns out to be Steve Rogers. So the Steve Rogers who we're looking at is actually the Steve Rogers, um who no this doesn't make any sense hold on I'm, I'm i'm working this out in real time y'all in the snap the thanos snap did steve disappear no 
what is happening? I'm I'm having a breakdown. <laughs> what is going on? But whatever. Moving past that, I'll work on that at some other time. But essentially, he is um, he's the one who was first time displaced, and so he has to die. Like they have to kill or get rid of this version of him. And it's so sad because him and Piggy are like, she's like, I can't do this. I cannot lose you again. He's like, man. You got to, and she's like, "Is there any? Uh, we'll never be together." He said, "Well, there's a universe where we are. I'm sure of it, and I'm I'm kind of hoping now that they end up together in the MCU. We don't need to see like a full several movies, but I would like to see like them together on screen together and be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, it was it was worth it. They it it happened." Because I'll tell you this: this season two got me standing Kahari tough. I like Addy too; he cool, but Peggy. And her, bruh, let's move right on to the last episode. So, Steven, after everything is said and done, he finds her in 1602. He finds Peggy. They sit down and talk. He's like, hey, all right, I'll take you home. I just need you to help me with one little thing. So, we go through his sanctum, sanctorium, whatever, where he's collected all these people who have tried to end the universe as his way of... um um atoning for the crimes he did in his universe in season one when he destroyed it and he got like all these demons in him and shit he says i need you to go find this motherfucker and whoop her ass because she's fucked up we get there she's like how am i gonna know who she is he's like you'll know when you see her and after that you know it is what it is but he never says he's gonna take her home or and she gets out there and it's, it's kahari and they get to fight and she's like hey girl he lying to you he's evil he he tricked me and I whooped his ass and now I'm stuck out here. And she's speaking English. I'm like, damn, Kahari, so <laughs> she she speak English, Spanish, and uh, Mohawk. And they team up together to whoop his ass. He um gets the better of them. Peggy's like, What the fuck you doing? He's like, um Kahari's like, he's trying to get his girl back. He's trying to feed all these people who he captured to this machine that's gonna bring back his specific universe. I'm like, God damn, that's fucked up. So they ultimately get to fighting. Then we go through a who's who of different Marvel characters from season one of what if from other um, iterate. Like we even get Thanos in this motherfucker and Kahari and Peggy ran through them motherfuckers. Like they were, it was just a visually stimulating episode. I, I don't know. It was just so fucking dope, man. It, mm, I don't know. I just, it was good. It was good. And I am probably going to start at episode um, six and just watch six through nine on repeat because that whole arc, that whole back half of the season was so good. It tied up a lot of things It introduced these two new characters, which shout out to them. And you have to imagine that that means there's something else coming down the pipeline soon with those characters and i can't wait to see what it is and i hope they're handled well so i'm not gonna give too much more because at this point man the episode is only about 20 22 minutes long just watch them watch them or if you if you've made it this far you're like i don't know about that shit i would say watch it watch the first like two three episodes and if it ain't for you then it ain't for you and what you lost an hour of your time otherwise man let me know what you think. Did you enjoy this arc? Are you a Peggy fan? Or are you like, no, you can take it or leave it. What about Kahari? Are you a fan of hers? Because if you ain't, that's fine. But just know you're wrong. 
<laughs> so all that being said, y'all, thank you so much for following me on this What If ride. When season three come around, we gonna chop it up with that shit too. So um, until next time, man, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. Hit me up on that Twitters and TikTok at Carefree Blurred, on that IG and YouTube at Carefree Black Nerd. And if you find yourself in a situation where you're time displaced, be a noble person. Be good. Do all the things that your man won't do, baby. I wanna do all the things a man won't do. <laughs> all right, y'all. Catch you in the next episode.